You're listening to Season 3 of Show Talk with Trevor. Wait a minute, can kids listen to this? Uh, I don't think so. What's up, Straight Talk Society? This is your host, Trevor, and I'm back with another episode of Straight Talk with Trevor, the podcast where no topic is off limits. And as promised, I'm coming to you tonight with the Season 3 finale entitled 77 Days. On tonight's episode, I'm going to go step by step, almost day by day, and chronicle the first 77 days of my daughter's life um, that she actually spent in the hospital. So for 77 days, my wife and I had to travel back and forth to the hospital to see my daughter until her the day she was released. And for years... Um, even my my former pastor, he would all um, before he transitioned, he would always tell me, um, you know, you need to write that, you need to write that as a book because you'll you'll help so many, you'll help so many people. And it's funny because I got a call earlier this week because I put a little uh, teaser out on YouTube that I was going to be talking about this, and one of my friends that I hadn't seen since high school. We, we recently reconnected, but, um, he called me and he was like, yo, dude, I didn't know that you, um, your daughter was a preemie. I'm like, yeah. And he was telling me, he was like, all of his kids were preemies. So we were just getting to talking and, you know, and I was like, you know, well, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but it was just, but it was just say this episode is going to be needed because the conversation that we had he let me know that when it was going on, he felt all alone. And likewise with me through the whole, the whole, um, the majority of the 77 days I've, I felt alone. And I want to, um, I want to talk about that tonight, but before I get into that, um, I got a special guest in the studio because it'd be crazy to do this show and not, have the actual subject of the show in the studio so in the studio with me um i have my little princess what's up baby what's up daddy how are you good so um i was told that you want to sit in on this show with me how come because i have three questions to ask you about your childhood what's with you and your mom in these questions i don't know (laughs) so first of all how so you got a birthday coming up. Yes. How old are you going to be? Seven. Are you excited about that? Yes. How come? Because it's a trampoline park. And <laughs> so you don't you don't really care about that you turn a seven. You just... I do. I care about the presents, the cake, the friends, the everything about my birthday. Okay, that's good. Have you been a good girl to deserve a birthday party? Yep. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you have been a really good girl. So, and you're turning seven. Um, you know, actually, I didn't have my first, I had my first birthday party when I turned seven. And um, I think I still have the picture. I'm, I'm going to go look in one of my photo albums and see if I have it. But yeah, my first birthday party was when I was seven. And you're probably on what, birthday party number four or five now? And she just shrugs her shoulders. That's how these kids are nowadays. No, I'm like, 
How? How <laughs> did you only have one birthday and it was your seventh? Not, that was child. when I had my first birthday party. Oh, how did you? Why was it just your first birthday party? Because parents back then weren't like parents now, where we try to throw you guys birthday parties for every birthday. Back then, they didn't do that. So I had my first birthday party when I was seven. So anyway, um, you got some questions for me. Um, you made these questions up by yourself? No. My you didn't. Mommy Mom, helped me. Mommy helped you? Okay. All right, I'm ready. Shoot. So these questions. The first one. What did you want to be when you grew up? Hmm. I can't tell you the real answer because this is a PG version of the show. But my second choice. No, you know what? Actually, growing up, I wanted to be I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be an astronaut because I'm just so fascinated with space. I wanted to be an astronaut and um. And then I wanted to always be a wrestler. Like, I always envisioned myself as being the WWF champion, but obviously that never happened. Well, you fight a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that is true. You do fight sometimes. <laughs> okay, next question. Who was your best childhood friend? <laughs> so, contrary to popular belief... Um, my best childhood friend has always been my brother Jermaine. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he's always been my best friend as as a child. The third question: What would be your superpower? What would be my superpower? Mm -hmm. um, well, my favorite superhero is Batman, and since he doesn't have any superpower. I guess I can't use anything from him. Um, so next, it would for me it would be um, the Incredible Hulk. Like I just, I'm just crazy about that superhuman strength, just being indestructible like that. So yeah, I'd say the Hulk. I have two favorite superheroes that I like. Oh God, who is? What's your favorite superhero? I have Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And. Spider-Man. Oh, jeez, Spider-Man. Why do you like Spider-Man? I don't know! I think Spider-Man is the lamest superhero there is. <laughs> you could... I would have picked... I would have picked Aquaman before I picked Spider-Man. No! Why would you pick Aquaman? Oh, jeez, I, I just think... Why? Spider-Man. Spider-Man's cool! What else you want to talk about? More things about my birthday? Go ahead. You got two minutes. Um. So what do you what 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 do you got to talk about? What do you want to talk about? What's... My. <laughs> so you haven't you? Well, I got something I want to ask you. <laughs> do you have a crush in school? Yes. Who is it? You're not going to tell me, huh? It's private. It's private. Does he know? Mm -mm. No, he doesn't know. That's, oh, boy. That's what I, I might tell him on my birthday. Oh, jeez. Because well, he's invited. Oh, he's coming to your birthday party? Uh -huh. Yeah, I'll put a stop to that right then and there. Uh, really, dude? Oh. He's my friend. It's 
Oh boy, I wasn't ready for this. I really wasn't. I really, really wasn't ready for this. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm. I hope you. I hope you're ready for your party Saturday. Uh, when? Uh, when's your birthday party? Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I, I get these. I get these birthdays mixed up because your mom's birthday, your mom's birthday is the Saturday. Twenty-six. And then yours is the next day. So I get these things mixed up sometimes, but I hope you're ready for it, and I hope you have a lot of fun. Um, and I already know my present will be for me. It's teaching me how to write that hoverboard <laughs> of mine. Yeah, well, because I told you I'm not buying you anything. Yeah, because... so you're, you're just going to help me do something that I already have. Yeah, because I just bought you that new phone, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not buying you anything else for your birthday. So, well, Daddy's gonna um, Daddy's gonna do his show. So, anything else you want to say to the people? Bye. All right. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna be wishing you a happy birthday. So, thanks for coming by. Welcome. What's up, world? It's your boy Trevor. Um, it's. Wednesday, October 29th, 2014. The reason for this video, um, two days ago, when we got back from Atlanta, my wife and I, we found out that we're gonna have a baby. So, anybody who knows me, you know that all I've ever wanted was a child. You know, it, I, I just can't, I can't begin to explain the joy that I felt when she told me and then we you know got it confirmed the following day um so i kind of want to just do this video just to chronicle um the changes that are taking place not only in my wife but me you know because a lot of times there's not really a detailed account of how the fathers have to deal with things you know the, the wife goes through all the bodily changes but a lot of that goes down on the father too and since this is both of both of ours first child um i thought this would be the best time to do this video um we don't know how far along we are right now we're thinking maybe in the five to six week range we have a doctor's appointment set up next week so we'll find out how far along we really are so you probably won't see this video for a couple of weeks What's up, fam? It's um, it's Saturday, March 29th. No, sorry. Saturday, March 28th, um, 2015. Like roughly about 9:50 in the morning. Um, this is Daddy Chronicles, episode 12. Um, I'm sitting in the parking lot right now of Holy Cross Hospital. Um. The reason why I'm here is last yesterday evening when I got home, like around one o'clock, one one thirty, I saw my wife um, balled up on the floor crying. So I rushed her to the emergency room, and our little princess decided she couldn't wait anymore. She wanted to meet us early. So yeah, um, Leia is here. Um, she, you know, she's she's a preemie. Um, delivered at 26 and a half weeks, but 
she came out a little under three pounds and 14 and a half inches long. Um, uh, Lenidra's resting right now and I'm heading over to the to the Nick U unit that Leia's in. It's it, <laughs> to say that this is I, I, I like I literally feel like I'm watching myself in a movie. I've seen this type of th stuff happen on TV shows and things like that, and I just never think that that's gonna be me. That's gonna be me. Last night is the first time ever in my life, I'm 35 years old, that I spent the night in the hospital. Um, but my wife is is fine, just in the, under a little pain. Um, the doctors over at NICU called me last night and told me that the baby's stable, so I'm going over there now to go spend some time with her. Um, it's, all I can say is God is good because Yesterday, I was planning, I, we were going on a road trip, a weekend getaway, literally. That's why I left work early yesterday. Um, I had planned this for like three weeks. That I was going to take her on a surprise trip to go see her best friend. And things changed. And I'm glad that things changed the way they did. Because can you imagine if we were on the turnpike and this happened? I, you know, I wouldn't know what to do. So... Everything happens in God's perfect time. And, you know, the surgeons and everything told me last night that the size that Leia came out is really good. Um, her, that girls, premature girls generally do better because they're fighters. Um, that her color was good. She didn't really need that much assistance from the breathing machine. So now it's just, we need her to just get bigger and stronger. And um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, like, I got so many emotions right now. The whole time I'm sitting in the, in the, in the hospital room with, with Lenidra and she's looking at me screaming. And I, I just had to keep like this stone cold face because I couldn't, I didn't want to show any type of emotion, emotion because I didn't want her to think that I was, you know, breaking down because then she would have, I know her, she would have been more concerned about me and not really on herself. So I had to keep this stone cold face and like the, the one assurance, the, well, the assuring thing is I, when, when they wheeled Leia past me in the, in the little incubator thing, she opened her eyes and looked at me like it's, and it was just Monday that I said that I touched the stomach and she kicked me. And I guess she was telling me, Daddy, I'm coming to see you soon. You know, um, she she opened her, those little eyes and looked at me. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, all I can say is God is still in control. I mean that's all I believe in, you know, Holy Cross and Broward General may have doctors and surgeons, but I know who the healer is. And, you know, I know, I know my baby's going to be fine. I know my wife is going to be fine. And a couple of months down the line, we'll, um, we'll be able to look at this and, 
you know, she just was so beautiful just in that little incubator, just breathing, and she's already got me wrapped around her fingers. I, um, I'll keep you guys updated um, as to any changes or anything. Peace. I still get, um, excuse me, um, I still get choked up when I, um, watch those videos. It's, it's been a while, but, um, I thought for this episode that it was, it was necessary to play. I didn't play the full of the first one, but I thought it was necessary still to play those videos just so you guys could know, um, how long I've been chronicling um, the anticipation of my daughter's arrival. Um, so, you know, this is, this show is entitled 77 Days. And tonight I'm going to talk very openly and honestly about the 77 days that my daughter spent in the hospital. Um, I'm going to touch on things that were going on with her, but I'm going to go a little in depth about what was really going on with me. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode that we did. Um, you got a lot of laughing and, and joking in that one, but tonight I'm about to bear my soul. So, um, seven years ago, well, let's go back to the beginning. So, you know, me and my wife got together and, and I always get this, this wrong, but I want to say, um, the new year of 2012. And once we got serious and everything, we, we'd been, you know, we'd been doing what adults do and we got married in. 2013 and we never just for some reason we could never conceive it didn't matter what we did I mean we read everything she would give me oysters to eat we'd you know we do this and she <laughs> she didn't mind me saying this she'd like almost freaking um stand on her head <laughs> you know just whatever you could do to conceive and for a while we were getting um we were getting frustrated like very frustrated because what happened and I know I'm a touch I, I know somebody out there could feel me but what happens when a young couple is trying to conceive it kind of takes like when it's so hard it kind of takes the joy out of sex and it then becomes a job. So it's like you're, you feel like you're on a schedule versus things just happening. And that's kind of how it felt. And um, so fast forward, my, my brother, my brother's um, cancer came back and we went to Atlanta to go and see him. And on the way, I noticed on the drive going, my wife just was, she was act, just acting weird. She wasn't, she wasn't her same old self. You know, she just seemed extra tired and things like that. Now, 
in the back of my mind, because you guys know in my show, I bear soul. I tell you everything. I don't hold I don't hold things back because I like to be transparent with my uh, my audience. Every time I knew her cycle was coming on, I would get anxious because I was hoping that this would finally be the month that it didn't come on. I was just hoping that, you know, here it is. We finally going to find out like, hey, we're having a baby. We're having a baby. And every time her cycle came on, it, I would just be so defeated. Like I just, you know, I almost felt like less of a man. Like here I am in fairly good health and I can't, you know, we're very regular sexually and I just, I can't, I can't get my wife pregnant for anything. So we, we ended up, um, we ended up going to Atlanta. And like I say, she just was just acting just different because I noticed everything about her. So on the way back, um, we, she was like, let's, let's stop by Walgreens. Um, so I can get a pregnancy test. And, and I, you know, again, I'm like, Hey man, we've been trying for so long. What's, what's, why, what's, what's the bother, man? I just, I don't want to be disappointed again, you know, because every, every time those, those disappointments just, they just stack up, you know, they just stack up with every, every, um, every negative test, every negative test. And, you know, you, you think this might be it. Then you find out, oh, no, it's still not it. That cycle may be one or two days late, and you're like, oh, man, this is it. This is it. And then it's still not it. And I was just like, you know what? what what's the sense? Like, why why are we even doing this to ourselves? And um, ironically, the funny thing, though, we, I think she had made an appointment for that Monday. So we got back that Sunday night. I think she had made an appointment for that Monday for us to go sit down with a um a fertility doctor. One of those I, I don't what do they call them? I've in vitro or something like that. I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but one of those type of doctors. And um so I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I I took her by Walgreens. We got the test and at the time we were living in our apartment and um, she went up, she went up ahead. So I went up, opened the door, whatever she was inside. I went back downstairs to get what bags were left in the car. And when I tell you, it was like the scene straight out of a Tyler Perry movie or just any romantic love movie. I had two bags in my hand. I opened the door and there my wife was standing with this pregnancy test in her hand. And she just looked at me with tears in her eyes and told me that it was positive. And <laughs> I mean, at that point, I, I was like, I was like, man, you got, I said, you gotta be kidding me. Because I, I had, I just, I had started building up in my mind that this was never gonna happen. That we were gonna, just be okay with it just being us and we weren't going to have kids. And I, I had got a real defeatist attitude, man. And it was just like, when, when, when she showed me that test, I was just like, finally, finally, man, finally. So, you know, we wanted to get it, um, confirmed. I want to say she took another test, 
But then she called her doctor and um, went and got a blood test and everything. And it was confirmed that she was like five to six weeks along. Um, so in this, um, so now, so now my, my daddy mode has just completely turned on now. Cause now I love her more. I love her more than ever now because now she's carrying my child. So I have to protect her and make sure everything's all right. And then that Superman complex of mine just, just kicks in. And, and then I just go into protection mode and then I go into nesting mode. Um, is this going to be okay for the baby? We started buying, like we start buying everything like cribs and strollers and things like that. Um, so we, uh, we, we went to get the, uh, we went to get the, the sonogram. That's what you call it. Yeah. We went to go get the sonogram and I want you guys just to realize how difficult this pregnancy was. So we went to get the sonogram and the tech was just searching and searching. Now, granted, I had just saw a positive, um, a positive, uh, 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 pregnancy test and now this tech is just searching and searching and she can't find our baby i mean she's just searching and searching because they're you know and and she just cannot find the baby and again i gotta put on this this front where i had to put on this 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 stone cold look where i'm just you know, I'm just looking straight and I can't I can't show any real emotion because I don't want my wife to to panic. And it was just um, finally, I think I think they told us that we had to come back. I can't remember because it was seven years ago, but I think they told us we had to come back or they told we had to come back another day or we had to wait a couple of hours, something to that effect. But um. I just remember them sending us across the street to go buy orange juice because they said orange juice would would make the baby active or something something like that so they could see it. But anyway, they they did it again, still couldn't see the baby. And then finally another tech in there was like, "Okay, um let me take care. Let me do this." She went against everything that they was were supposed to do because she felt the pain like she really felt the pain and started to see what it was doing to us and she checked for the baby another way and I never forget she was like there's that little Mexican jumping bean so that was the first time I had saw my little Leia just bouncing around just just a little bean just bouncing around not even formed nothing just just a little bean bean but it just it it just put me in a mode again like man this is really happening I am finally going to be a dad like the and you guys know on my show how hard I am on dads that don't take care of their kids. So I hope tonight you you realize why I I, I am that way, why I feel that way towards um deadbeat dads and, and dads who don't want anything to do with their kids. So you know, the, the time's going on and on. And like I say, this pregnancy just, this pregnancy just, it wasn't, it wasn't great. So you see all, you know, sometimes you see people and their pregnancy just so glamorous and oh, they're just, everything's good. And it wasn't like that for us. Like my wife should have been on bed rest probably within a month after getting pregnant because her doctor just 
was not very good. Her doctor was okay, I guess, to check on physicals and stuff like that. But as far as um, being a doctor to a pregnant woman, um, she was terrible. She was terrible. I mean, I would, I never miss a doctor's visit. I was there for everything. And because the age that we, um, that my wife was 35, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 35 too, so I wouldn't make it seem like she was old, but because of the age that she is, um, they considered it a high risk pregnancy. So we had to do a lot of doctor visits and things like that. So I was taking the time off. I was leaving work early cause I wanted to be there every single step of the way. I had a, a, um, a notebook where I would ask the doctor questions and it's like, man, I'm just thinking to myself, like, why am I asking this doctor, this, this doctor, these questions? Why isn't she just freely offering up this information to me? I'm like, I like, I, I was just thinking in my mind, like, what the hell kind of doctor is this? So, you know, things happen though. I mean, I, who, I, like I say, I'm, I'm a dude with a microphone. I, I don't, I can't tell a doctor how to be a doctor, but I just felt like she should have, I feel like cared a little bit more. So um, let's fast forward into this. And so now my 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 wife is, uh, so uh, something happened. She wasn't feeling good. My wife wasn't wasn't feeling good. So she got um, admitted into the hospital. She got, we had to rush her to the emergency room. And um, because you, you, so wait a minute. No, 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 let's, no, right here. This this is what happened. So it was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving of 2014. Yeah. Thanksgiving of 2014. We were we were all over the family's house for dinner and um just having a good old time, man. Just flicking it up, taking pictures and things, you know, hashtagging the Johnsons plus one, you know, with my hand on the little baby bump and stuff like that. I was just so happy, man. Just just so happy that I finally was going to be a dad and man it's like trouble just seemed to always follow us during this pregnancy so my wife went to the bathroom and then um a couple minutes later one of her little cousins came out and got me he was like you gotta hurry up you gotta hurry up um Nidra's in the bathroom she needs you she needs you I go in there and it's just a big blob of blood and I'm like oh god in my mind again in my mind again but I can't say what I'm thinking but in my mind I'm like oh my god did she just miscarry this baby did something bad just happen and I was like man how could you get so close and yet be so far. So we had to rush her to the hospital. Um, everything ended up being all right. Um, and I, I want to say, I don't, I don't think it was that visit. It could have been another visit after that, where um, she had to go back to the hospital again. Like I say. This, this pregnancy was just not good. It was not fun at all. And um, so we, we, go, we go to the hospital again, and they, did, they ran whatever test they had to run on her and saw that she was okay. And then the tech was like, um, do you want to know the sex of the baby? 
and we're like, well, we never, you know, we never planned on keeping it a secret. So we were just like, okay, let's, um, you know, let's, let's go. So the tech brought in this old ancient, <laughs> this old ancient behind looking sonogram machine. And he even said, he was like, well, this isn't one of, this isn't the best, but it, it'll get the job done. So he's searching and searching and he tells us, he says, you ready? We're like, yeah. He said, you're having a little boy. <laughs> he says, you're having a little boy. So now I go in my mind like, oh, man, I'm about to have a little junior. You know, I'm going I'm to teach him this and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It just was weird, though, because my wife never seemed settled on that. Like, I mean, it, not not that she didn't want a boy, but she just never seemed settled on on the results like she was just like man i you know i don't know i don't know what it was call it women's intuition or what she just didn't she never seemed settled on it so um she made a she made a uh an appointment for one of those um those gen those gender reveal type things where you go and they they have you in this nice room and you know they 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 tell you the sex of the baby so the whole time I'm there, I'm like, well, this is just a big waste of time, a waste of money. We had a doctor already tell us that we're having a boy. So we're sitting in this nice behind room, man. I wish I wish the place was still open because it it they it was just so accommodating. A nice room, and um, they broadcast it to your family members if you want. And they do the the cast of the, the mold of the stomach and everything. So we're in we're we're in the um we're in the room. And the tech comes in and she's doing what she's doing. And, and I and, and here I am. I'm like, I just go ahead and just go ahead and confirm it because we already know that we're having a little boy. And then she's like, um, she's like, OK, so she does. She does her thing. And we're just sitting there. I'm like off in the corner. And my um my wife and my and my mother in law are, sit, are next to each other. So. She was like, oh, I hear the tech. <laughs> I hear the tech say, oh. You know, like, uh, oh, like, oh, crap. <laughs> and we all look up like, what's up? She said, you ready to hear something? And it's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and confirm it. She was like, you see this right here? So I walk over there and she's like, you see this little thing right here? I said, yeah, that's his, you know, that's his little thing. She was like, not quite. She said, you see how those little lips form? She said, you're having a little girl. And I was like, oh, shit. I just bust out crying because, listen, and those that are close to me know that for whatever reason, I always wanted a daughter. I mean, like most people grow up and they want sons, but I always wanted a daughter. And I think the, fa the reason why I always wanted a daughter just because I wanted somebody that I could love, like somebody that I could show a better version of myself. I wanted a daughter because I could show I could show the better version of myself that that wasn't with all the BS. It didn't treat women like crap. That I would treat this little girl like like a princess, man. And I'm just over there bawling, like man, I'm having a daughter. 
finally I'm going to have a daughter. So fast forward and everything. And so we, we're going through the pregnancy. And like I say, my wife, she, she's always sick, not feeling good. She lost her appetite, things like that. She was losing weight and things like that. She was, she was probably really, really stressed out. So I decide on her, um, on her birthday, actually her birthday is the day before my, my daughter's birthday. So <laughs> my daughter's birthday is, 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 is the 27th and my wife's birthday is the 26th. So I decide that I'm going to, I called her best friend like weeks before and I was like, you know what? She's not, you know, she hasn't really been herself and everything. Let's, let's plan a, tri- I'm a, I'm a plan a surprise trip and I'm going to bring her up there for the weekend because their birthdays, I, I want to say their birthdays are the same day or their birthdays are a day apart. Yeah, that's it. Their birthdays are a day apart from each other. So I'm like, oh man, it'll be cool if we come up there and, um, you guys celebrate your birthdays together because they're best friends. And she's like, oh yeah, cool. That's a great idea. So I call my wife and you know, everything's set. Um, I'm at work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave work early. I leave work about one o'clock so we can get on the road and, and be there before it got dark. I come home and my wife is like balled up on the floor. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't seem good. So I'm asking her what's wrong. What's wrong. And she's telling me, Oh, how she doesn't feel good. Her stomach is hurting really bad. And, and this and that, and she's like, oh, and here she is because she wants to go see her friend. She's like, oh, but I'll um, I'll be okay. Just let me pop some pills and I'll be okay. Let me um, you know, we can get on the road. And I'm like, well, shit, no, you're not getting on the road. What are you talking about? She's like, no, 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 I'll be okay, okay. And in the same the same breath, she's just screaming so everybody can hear. I'm like, you know what? No, we're going to the hospital. So I finally convinced her to get get to the hospital. We're going to the hospital. And as I'm driving, the pain is just getting worse and worse. And she's just screaming and screaming and screaming. And I'm just driving. I mean, I'm doing probably like 80 or 90 in the residential area, in a in residential neighborhood, just trying to get her to the hospital. And so we get to the hospital and they finally get her in a room and everything. She's just screaming. And I'm just sitting there again, stone face not showing any emotion. I hope you guys realize what's happening to me now. I'm starting to build up a a barrier where everything bad that's happening, I'm holding it all in because I feel like I have to still be strong for her where she can't see me react to anything. So, um, so, so they have her in the emergency room and I mean, and I'm in there too, but they have me like kind of shielded off and all I hear is screaming and they're like, Oh no, I just hear them saying, we got to get her in the surgery. We got to get her in the surgery. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 what, what, like, what the hell are you talking about? Get her in the surgery. It's just March, you know, it's, it's, it's March and, and my daughter's not due until June, you know, like what, what, what's going on? And I will come back and get you when, you know, once we get everything under control, we'll come back and get you. So they wheeled her off and I, and, and, <laughs> and I mean, it just all, it all played out like a movie. They wheeled her off. And now here I am sitting in this hospital room alone. Never been in a hospital before. 
by myself. I've never, I mean, I've gone to visit people and a few times I had to take my wife. Um, I'm sitting in this hospital room alone and I'm like, man, I just watched them wheel my best friend out of this room and I have no idea. I got no idea what to do. And the only thing I could have, the only thing I could have thought to do was pick up the phone and call Overseer Bar. And I told him what was going on. And he first, he, listen, I, I didn't call my dad. I didn't call my mom. The first person I called was Overseer Bar. And I told him, I said, look, man, I said, I'm so scared, man. I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on because they're not telling me anything. It would be one thing if they told me something then I could say, well, I know what I know what to expect or I know, you know, what's going on. They aren't telling me anything. The only thing they said was they'll be back to come and, and, and get me. And I'm talking to him and I'm telling him the situation. And he was he was heading out of town or else he would or else he would have came. And he told me, he was like, listen, he said, I already he said, I already taught you enough. He said, you know what you got to do now? He said, it's time. <laughs> he said, it's time for you to stand up and be a man for your family. He said, you got to stand up. You got to stand in the gap right now. And he'll, he'll try to get to me as soon as possible. Um, so a couple minutes later, um, the nurses come back in and they're like, all right, we got to get you scrubbed up because um, we're going to take you in. They said, your wife, she's, she's, she's coming out of it soon. Like she's starting to wake up. Um, still, they haven't told me what happened, but they're like, come on, we got to get you scrubbed in and everything like that. Um, so you could go see the baby. I said, see the what? I was like, yeah. I said, your, your daughter is here. I said, my daughter wasn't supposed to be born until June. Like, what are you talking about? How is my daughter here? We're in March. I said, well, sir, it happens sometimes. Your daughter's here. So I go in the um I go in the room where they had her and they got my wife like laid out on this table on the on the bed and then they wheel this cart and I see this little tiny little thing inside of a plastic bag. And I'm just looking like, what in the hell is going on? Why am I in this nightmare? Why is my daughter inside of a plastic bag? And the doctor came in. It was an Indian guy, man. So he had this thick accent. I couldn't understand anything he was saying. But he was telling me, all I heard was, we're going to do everything that we can, that we can to make sure that she makes it. And 
I walked over to the um to the 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 little incubator that they had her in, and I just looked at her. I'm looking my 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 baby wasn't even my baby wasn't even formed good yet. She still had the translucent skin, so you could see everything, and she had that big alienation head, and it's just like she just she wasn't even formed. And I'm just sitting there like, what, like, what, what is going on? Like, what, like, we're good people, man. This stuff like this doesn't happen to people like us. And my, and my daughter just, she just happened to open her eyes and just look up at me. And that look was just like, like, daddy, I'm going to be all right. I need, but I need you though. And. They came to me and they were like, well, the um, the level of this NICU isn't, I think the level NICU was a level two and she needed to be like in a level four or something to that effect. So they had to transport her from, um, from Holy Cross where she was born to Broward Health. Now, granted, I don't know anything about this. I don't know about the NICU or I don't know anything about this. And then the one person who has always been there with me to if anything went bad, now she's incapacitated. So like I really have to do all this by myself now. And I got people, they're pushing papers in my face. Oh, we need your authorization for this. We need your authorization for this. We need your authorization just in case this goes wrong. Or they, if we have to resuscitate, if we have to do this. And I'm just like, man, what? <laughs> oh. So they finally... um. They finally transferred my daughter over to um to Holy Cross. I mean to to Broward Health. And by that time, some of the family members had shown up and everybody's talking to me, and I'm just like, man, I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> like, it's bad enough. I didn't think I was gonna be able to be a good parent, but now I gotta be a parent. And deal with this? I don't know what to do. And again, my wife is incapacitated. So it's like the one person who I could be like, man, we'll 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 think we'll we'll figure this out. We could get through this together. She's she's loopy. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. So and and then here's the kicker too. They had my wife stay at Holy Cross and they transferred my daughter over to Broward Health. So now I had to I had to go. Um, they told me that they didn't let me ride with her, but they told me that they'd be contacting me um, and let me know, you know, what was going on when I could come see her. So I finally got the call. I want to say close to midnight. They called me and they were like, you know, we admitted her into um, we admitted her into NICU and and you know you can come see her, you can come see her in the morning and and things like that. And it's just like, man, I was home that night, all alone, by myself, 
I didn't I didn't even I didn't even sleep in my um I didn't even sleep in the room because I was like I'm not sleeping in that room until until my wife is back home. Um. So. I I I go to I go to Broward Health in the morning. To go see my daughter, and they're like, "All right, we gotta warn you. Um, this might be, you know, this might be overwhelming. You know, you because obviously you've never seen anything like this before." And I'm just they're trying to prepare me, and I I go in and they're like, "She's right over here." And when I And then the thing they're telling me, they're like, oh, man, make sure you take a bunch of pictures. I'm like, take a bunch of pictures? Why Why do, why do I want to take pictures of my daughter looking like this? She's not even formed all the way yet. And it's just like, I still can't wrap my head around everything that's going on. And I'm just standing here looking at my daughter through a glass, through a, a, a incubator. They have something on our eyes. They have the, uh, let's see if I remember, what do they call them? They have the Billy light on her because her skin, again, um, her legs were all bruised up because apparently she was breached. So her legs slipped out and then they had to pull her through. They had to do an emergency C-section and pull her through so it bruised up her legs. And I'm just looking at this this two pound nine ounce baby, two pounds nine ounces, twenty six weeks old. And I just I I lost it. See what I've learned to do. I've learned to admit when I'm just powerless and weak. I've, I'm, I'm always able to control the situation or I'm, I'm always able to be the Superman. I'm always able to be the superhero and I could always, you know, come in right at the clutch. But here's a time where I can't do a damn thing. My daughter's in the hospital fighting for her life. My wife is in another hospital not knowing what's going on. And everything in my head is telling me just maybe if you weren't here, then things would just get better. I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but I don't know why that was the extreme, but it was. And there's this big glass at the hospital. And I had to fight the urge to try to run and jump through it. Because for some reason, I just felt like if I wasn't here, then maybe it would have sped my daughter up being out of there. Or I just felt like maybe it was some type of punishment for something that I did that now this is happening. And I, I, I mean, I realized today how selfish that was and. And I'm glad I obviously I'm glad I never did it because I'd be able to I'd I'd miss out on the greatest gift in the world. 
but I had that weakness where I was just like, man, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm like, I don't have my, I, I don't have my wife. I, I don't know what's going on with her. She's in another hospital. And I don't know if my daughter's going to make it. And I just don't want to be here anymore. I think I'm I'm a um I'm a cut right here. And I'm gonna cut right here and get a word from the sponsor and um let me try to compose myself. I'll be right back. And I'm back. Um man. I knew this was gonna be a hard one just because um the nature of it and everything. Um but I wanna the reason why I wanted to wanted to do this is because my former my my old pastor overseer bar used to always tell me that I should write a book about this just as a guide to help men that have to go through this similar situation. But like I said, I'm I'm not a writer or anything. But what I can do is get in front of this microphone and and let everything just hang out. But it's funny. Um, uh, one of my partners from that I've known ever since elementary school, he found out about it just based off of a little promo that I did on um, YouTube. And he called me and he was like, man, I never knew any other men that went through that. I went through it four times. And I was like, man, I, w I wish I, I wish when I was going through this, I had another man that I could reach out to because it's one thing is one thing is men, women have that support system because there's, I mean, I mean, when you, you look at it, you look at the Nick, you, all I saw was women in there. I didn't see any dads in there. If there was, if there was 30 babies in there, I may have saw three dads at the most at any given time and the women were always there just talking to each other and just as a shoulder to lean on and everything and the dads we were just there looking like the hell am I gonna do so I finally get over to the hospital to um to go see my wife and she find um and you know I guess she could have she saw what was going on and she told me she, you know, she was like, baby, just, just go home. Just cause I had been, I had been going back and forth, hospital, 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 hospital. And she was like, baby, just go home. And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't, I need to be here for you guys. I can't go home. And then she was like, please, please for me, just please go home. And I went home and, um, and it happened to be WrestleMania weekend of all things, and anybody who knows me, you know, I, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Not so much anymore, but at the time, I still was really, really big into it. And it happened to be WrestleMania weekend. And I think, and I even had to tweet, I think I tweeted the WWE. And they retweeted it a whole bunch of times because I told them, I said, listen, I explained what was going on. 
And I said, for these, I said, even with all the hell going on in my life, at least the WWE gave me something for four hours to take my mind off of what I was dealing with. And so, and I think, I think kind of that's why I still, um, I still mess with them the way I do. Like I could never fully give it up just because they, they don't know me. I mean, it was a planned WrestleMania weekend, but just the fact that it had, it happened to fall on this weekend of all weekends. And it was just something that could take my mind off of things just for a little bit. And it was one of the better shows that done in, in a long, long, long time. So now everything happens. Um, the reality sets in. So we have to make a plan now. Um, my wife, I, I want to say she was off for like the next couple of months because she was the FMLA type thing or whatever. And so she, I'd, I'd be going to work. And she'd be home just pumping milk, pumping milk, because they said, hey, just pump, pump your milk, pump your milk so you could feed you, you know, so we could bring for the baby and everything. Um, I'd call the hospital every morning on my 10 o'clock break to get updates of what was going on with my daughter. I'd report the updates to my wife. She'd call the hospital before we went to bed that night to get her set of updates and it just went on it just went on and on like that um we were all we when I got home from work it was it was work home shower hospital and we did that for 77 days straight and it it was trying man because you have this team of you have this team so you have the head doctor and then you'll have the nurse and then you have some understudies i guess and everybody's just throwing out all these terms at you and they'd say and then what they'll tell you whatever you do don't google anything because if you google things it's just gonna scare you and so they tell us don't google anything and what the hell do we do we go and Google things. So my daughter, um, my daughter had a, a brain bleed. Um, she had a condition. I forget the name of it, but where uh, something about a missing septum or something like that. I, I could be butchering this, but basically there's a piece of her brain that was missing. And they told us, you know, like, man, you're going to, you know, you're going to have, um, she's probably going to be slow, you know, like they told us this. And, and my wife again, just breaking down, crying. And here I am again. I got to cry on the inside because I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be there for her, man. I'm trying to be that rock for her. But at the same time, man, I'm just. I'm dying, man. I'm just dying because here I am now. I'm like, God, not only is my baby uh, premature, but now my baby's going to be, has some type of mental retardation now. 
because they're prepping. I mean, and they they have to. So they're prepping us for all this stuff. And they're like, you know, this is this is probably what's gonna happen. Um, um, but don't worry about it right now. We'll we'll, you know, as it comes, we'll we'll deal with it. So the days pass and you know, you can see her starting to form into something now. They're Everybody say, oh, you know, baby looks like mommy. The baby looks like the baby didn't look like anybody. The baby didn't even look like a real baby at the time yet. She still was looking like, you know, you guys know my daughter now. She's a beautiful, beautiful thing in the world. But, I mean, let's face it, when, when she was born, I could laugh at it now. But, man, <laughs> so it's like, so um, uh, they told us that it was, you know, that it was, it was, I, it was the eye day and everything. So the eye doctor was going to come in and the eye doctor was going to, um, the eye doctor was going to check them out and things like that. So we get to the hospital that night and they're just looking at us and they're like, my, you know, the doctors come around and like, we got to talk to you. And I'm like, oh shit. It's like, well, so the eye doctor's reports, um, your daughter has a condition called ROP. I don't, I don't remember what it stands for, but what that is is that the the ret the 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 veins I get the okay something didn't connect. So they're saying that she was probably gonna have to have um, some type of corrective surgery at some point or wear glasses, and it was just like one gut punch after another. First, she has a brain bleed. Then she has a part of her brain missing. Now they're telling us her eyes aren't fully developed. And it was just like, man. Then on top of that, you know, she's hooked up to these machines. And and you just, you, you know, you hear these buzzers just constantly going off. She would, bra she would Brady a lot where her, um, her, her her heart rate would fall below a certain amount. And it was, it was, and I'm just sitting there like, man, why is like, why is my daughter suffering like this? I'm like, what, like, seriously, what does she do? And I'm just starting to think like, man, this is the sins of the father. Like really, like, is, is it really that strong? Is the sins of the father really coming back on my daughter? And again, I'm like, man, you know what? If it's if it's all that, just take me. Just just take me, man. I'm I'll, I'll go. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore, man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of going to the hospital every day. I'm tired of seeing my daughter like this. I'm just tired, man. And you know, so. We going to the hospital, going to the hospital. I, I forget how long in it was, but um, they asked me if I wanted to hold her. And, well, no, because I, I had started holding her, but I was afraid to hold her because I was, I was afraid to touch her because she was so little. Um, But they asked me if I wanted to um, kangaroo care her. That's what it was. If I wanted to do like skin to skin contact. And I, I was like, no, nah, I don't. I don't know about that, but then, you know, my wife and the nurses convinced me to do it because they said it's good for the baby and things like that. So they took her and for years, this picture was was my profile picture. Um, 
before some low life hack my Facebook account, but um they put her inside of my shirt. So now here I am with my daughter skin to skin and just the calmness the calmness that came over me. The calmness that came over me and how caught she she was so calm that she caused the machines to go off. And I remember before they um they took her out of my shirt, I told her because I want to say that that was the moment that I fell in love with my daughter. Like, just that was the moment that that bond was just formed. And and I just I I told her, I said, I would do anything in this world for you. That you're never going to have to you're never going to have to worry about your dad not being there for you it was that moment that very moment is when i just i that's that's the moment that me and leia just became what we are today it it was that that very moment so you know um more time passed, and and I I can't tell you the exact days and everything. That's why I'm not even trying to. But um, more time passed, and and so she had to see different um more specialists. And this particular time, the um the the heart specialist came in. So more bad news. So the heart specialist was like, well, you know, she has a heart murmur, which which is, again, is not uncommon just because how early she was born. So it's like whenever you see progress, she's making some type of progress. Then a specialist will come in and kind of just give us one big swift kick in the, you know, in the private area with some condition that that that's going on. And again, I got to cry in silence. Now, just so you guys know, my wife never asked me to do this. She never asked me to cry in silence. And truth be told, I think if you were to ask her, she would have rather me tell um, how I was feeling so we could cry together. But I'm big macho Superman. And I had I just I just felt like I had to have that Superman complex and I had to I had to be I had to still let her see me being this big strong guy. No matter how much it was killing me on the inside. And I don't care who you are, how much you love somebody or something like that, but it just wears on you. It it wears on you, man. The constant, just going to the hospital, um, going to the hospital every single day. It just it does something to you. I remember one one particular time. I don't remember what she was doing, but 
I came home and I and I, I saw my wife. She was looking she could have been looking at her phone. And I'm like, what are you I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like looking in I'm like looking at my phone and I was like, I said, man, put that stupid ass phone down and just, you know, I just, I just like went off on her. And then she just turned around and looked at me and she said, she said, it's not stupid. I'm looking at pictures of Leia. Man, I was turning. I the frustration. I was turning into a monster, man. I was I was growing really cold cold to her, and it wasn't because of anything she did. It's just that I didn't ha I didn't know how to deal with what I was dealing with on the inside. But we kept going to the hospital every single day. And every single day, I see changes in my baby. She's starting to look like somebody now. She's starting to put on a couple of pounds here and there. Now, granted, she was born. She was two pounds, three ounces. I mean, two pounds, nine ounces. And in order to, to even think about releasing her, she had to be at least five pounds or five and a half pounds, something to that effect. But she was very tiny, very small. And... I remember one 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 particular night. Well, let me b before I get there. Um, we were home. We were home one one um one Saturday because we were going to the hospital later on Saturdays because we could stay longer. Um, we'd go to the hospital like around two, and then then just stay until they wouldn't let us. You know, so I think. Uh, visiting hours was over like nine or ten or something like that so we just stay there the whole time and we were home and none of us felt like cooking breakfast and i just you know i i i, I wanted one particular thing my wife wanted something different and i just i just like lashed out at her man like like, why the hell are you being so difficult and not just getting what I want? And she's like, I, I, I cussed at her. I've been, and I'll tell you, God is my witness. I never cuss. That's one thing I can say. I never cuss at my wife. I just, I just don't do that. But I did that morning. She cussed me back out too, just so you guys know. Uh, <laughs> but we don't cuss at each other. We don't. You guys know me. You guys know I, I curse a lot, but I don't curse at my wife. But, man, all this frustration was just boiling inside of me, man, because it's like I couldn't I couldn't see, you know, we, we'd ask the doctors, like, do you know, um, you got any idea um, when when we're looking at a release date? And they're like, no, nah, well, 
you know, because if we if we send her home now, we'd, she'd have to go home with oxygen and she'd have to do this. And we're just not comfortable. She She's not um, she's not hold, maintaining weight the way we'd like. And, you know, she can't she can't survive on her own outside of the incubator because they have to be able to hold their body temperatures um, at a certain temperature in order for them to even cons be considered going home. Um, so it's like me and my wife, we never had long, consistent fights, but we were just, you could just see us just growing apart, man. Like something like that should have kept us really close, but it was driving a wedge between us. And it wasn't because of anything we did she was dealing with the situation her way and I was dealing with it my way. And then the breaking point, um, you guys know, you, you guys know what my favorite book is. And there's a particular, um, in the book of Job, Uh, this was around the time, um, this was when Job's friends, I want to say it was Job, in the book of Job, uh, chapter 42, I'm not sure of the verse, um, but it said, it said that, um, it said that the Lord, and I'm just thinking of this out of my head, that the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And I finally had that breaking moment. We were we were coming from the hospital one night. And I was just building up, building up, building up. I was pissed, man. I think something had happened. Like my I think my daughter was having a spell to where she um she had a, a, a mucus plug. So no matter what they did. They couldn't get the um. They couldn't get the the oxygen. They couldn't get her oxygen under control because she had this mucus plug. And no matter what they did, they couldn't. They couldn't get it under control. And so again, we're just like watching my little baby just suffer as they're doing all type of stuff. And then they finally got it out. And then I just, I like, I just, I just blew up inside to where I had to walk out. I just walked out of the NICU and, and went and sat in the um, lobby. So we were going home. And at this time, like this time, we lived we lived far from the hospital. It's not like now. Now we live really close to the hospital. But at the time, we lived far from the hospital. So we're taking this long drive home, and we're not talking to each other. I'm looking straight at the road. And, and, and she's just down on her phone. And I'd never forget, I was listening to, um, my favorite, my favorite preacher of all time is, um, G.E. Patterson. Um, I was listening to a message for him, from him, um, called a, a prayer for revival. And at the end of the at the end of the message, he did an altar call. 
and he started singing um he started singing the song take me back and i remember just pulling that car over and just yelled out this loud audible yell because that the frustration had the frustration had just boiled over so much I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't know if I was going to have a daughter. But I felt like I was losing my wife also. And I just yelled out, man. And she just put her arms around me. And I promise you. From that night forward, everything started to turn around. Um, that following week, we got we we got to the hospital, and and my my timeline is probably a little off. This is again, this was seven years ago. Um, that that following week. We went to the hospital and they told us, they let us know that they were going to move her to the other side. And when you're in the NICU and you hear your child's being moved to the other side, that's one step closer to the door to go out, to go home. <clears throat> she didn't need the incubator anymore. Um, they put her in, a, they, they put her in a crib. So she was out, you know, she was out in the open. She didn't need the Billy, that's what they were called, Billy Rubin lights. She didn't need the Billy Rubin lights anymore. Um, so she was in her crib. They still had the, they still had the feeding tube on her. She still had the feeding tube. And, um, but she was getting better. You know, Things start getting easier. It it became a part of life. In the first, I want to say like the first month and a half, man, it was hard as hell. But like the last twenty days, it really started getting it. It it never got easier, but it was more tolerable. To where. And I, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, about 20, 30 days, about the last 30 days, it, it started getting more, more easier, it became like, whereas it was hard in the beginning as, as being our daily routine, now it was, it was just like, okay, she's your baby, you're taking care of your baby, you're just not taking care of her here, so, I mean, at home, so just be a parent. So I was able to hold her and, you know, do all those things. She spent her first Easter in the in the NICU. But things were getting better. She still had the feeding tube, but things were getting better. Um even after that after that situation though, my the relationship with uh, me and my wife did 
it got it it started getting better because I think then we started like really moving as a team. It wasn't like her it wasn't like her crying in silence over here and me crying in silence over here. It was more so like, okay, we're together, we gotta deal with this. Um, let's do it. And um so one 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 day, God, I wish I should ask my wife what day this was, because I know she has it written down. Um we go to the hospital and I'm looking at my daughter and it's funny because we didn't notice. We didn't notice yet. It, it, because you just you so used to so they have these feeding tubes on these babies. They either put them in their mouth or they run them in their nose. Hers was in her nose. And you're just so used to seeing it, so you don't notice if anything's different. So we're just sitting there looking, and I'm like, man, I'm like, something looks different about her. And we're just looking like, oh, crap, we can see her face now. That was the first time. God, I wish I knew the date of this. Ugh. That was her first time since she's been in the hospital that we were able to see her complete face. Because they had taken the, the, the feeding tube out. And she was now able to um she was eating on it. She was she was taking her bottles. And she was just she was just getting stronger, man. Things just things start getting better. And um she did have one she did have one relapse. I I don't I don't know what happened and to this day nobody could tell us what happened but it's like for all the good things that she learned how to do and it she was able to maintain temperature and all that stuff it's like one time everything just went to shit and they even told us um her nurse told us that they that they even had to bag her they had to use a little pump bag to try to help her breathe we don't know what happened it just it's just like she literally just everything just went to went to hell um but she got through that and um fast forward fast forward to um june Fast forward to like June 11th. Now, remember, I'm the one who does the morning checks. My wife does the night checks because she's staying up. And no no different from what I've done the, the previous 70 plus days. I called the hospital. And, um... And I was talking to the nurse. I'm like, hey, I'm um, calling calling to check up on Leia Johnson. Uh, Leia, see how she's doing. And um, and and the nurse was like, uh, the guy too. I never forget his name. Richard. He's like, oh, you know, he was he was a little dainty little fella. And he's like, oh, um, oh, hey, daddy, um, Leia's doing great. Um, we just did her car seat test. I say, wait, what? 
They were like, yeah, we just did the car seat test. They're thinking about discharging her. I said, say that again. He said, yeah, normally when we're going to dish, he said, well, when we're going to discharge babies, we have to do a car seat test to see how they handle it. Now, granted, they told us they, they had no idea. They had no idea um, when she was going to go home. And they told us that we had to come in and um, do a CPR. They want us to do CPR test class and all that. And um, so I hung up with, with him and I called my wife and I was like, listen, I just called a hospital. And they told me that they're doing a car seat test for for our baby girl. It looks like she might be coming home. I didn't see her face. But by the silence on the other end, I could only imagine what she was doing. So we get to the hospital that night. We do our CPR. Um... And they're like, yeah, we're, you know, um, we're going to do this and and we're setting the discharge date for June 12th, which was um, the day after. Well, so that was June 10th. So the next the day after that next day was going to be the discharge date. And um And all I kept hearing in my head was my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Man, I never forget that day. June 12th, 2015, we were signing those discharge papers, and our little baby was coming home, and as, and, and as, as I'm pushing the stroller, no, actually, the, her nurse, her head nurse, um, her primary nurse was pushing the stroller down, um, was pushing the stroller down the hall and I'm walking behind her and, and my wife's on the other side and and I just kept hearing my grace is sufficient for you man <laughs> I don't know who's gonna hear this But I hope that 
this show that I did tonight, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I told you all, I told you all, I told you everything. I hope that this show can reach someone and just give them just a little hope. Um, that things, things look, <laughs> things may look bleak. Things may look bad. But things do get better. There were a lot of babies that came in with my daughter that night. There were a lot of babies that were there before her. We watched babies get discharged. And their parents had to bring home oxygen machines. We watch parent. We watch babies have multiple surgeries in the span of those seventy-seven days. But all praise to the Most High. When our baby left, she didn't need any oxygen machine. She didn't need anything else. They just told us to go. Just go and take care of that baby. Man, <laughs> you know, I will say it was a scary, it was a scary ass experience because um, one thing about your baby being in the hospital, your baby's around professionals. So if anything happens, they know exactly what to do. But now that you're now that you have to be the parent <laughs> and you have that baby by yourself, it's hard. If anything goes wrong, you got to know what to do. And that night our daughter just she just she couldn't breathe. She just, she like legit couldn't breathe, man. And, and my wife is like freaking out. She didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, but I just think like something just kicked in. And I was like, listen, you just spent 77 days in that hospital. Ain't no way in the hell something's going to happen to you in here. And I just, I yanked her up and I, I put my mouth over her nose and I just, I, I think she she was full of um cold. She couldn't she couldn't breathe. And I I sucked every bit of cold out of that baby that night. I didn't I didn't give a damn how nasty it was or whatever. That's my baby. That's my daughter. I helped make her. And damn it, I give my life trying to protect her. And I'll do whatever the hell I have to do to protect her and make sure that she's okay. And it, it just, I mean, man, she was so little, man, you know, because she she was barely five pounds. I mean, she, she was so little. And the, the pictures of her, we saw her, I mean, her little ankles, the smallest pair of socks would just, her, she still would have so much space in them. So we took her to, um, you know, I luckily, I, I just went on vacation, um, shortly after so we were taking her on um all her specialist visits so remember the um 
remember the eye doctor that said that um that her blood vessels didn't go all the way through and she probably was going to wear glasses or probably at some point need some type of corrective surgery. Well, when we took her back to him, he did what he had to do and he said, everything looks good here. See you next year. Remember that heart doctor that said he saw that said she saw the hole in the heart and my daughter had a heart murmur and everything. When they hooked her up to those machines, the doctor said, I don't know what to tell you, but it's not there. <laughs> it is not there. We took her to the endocrinologist and 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 the, the same guy that told us that she was probably gonna have some type of mental some type of mental issues and some type of brain delays at the time it was too it was still too early for him to detect because she had just come out. But a couple years later we took him we took her back to him and he was like, Hey, if you don't see a problem, I don't see a problem. He said, There is there is nothing wrong with this child here. And I say that to say this. My grace is sufficient for you. And now here it is, a whole seven years later. My daughter that was less than three pounds when she was born is now damn near eight, a little over 80 pounds now. My daughter that they said probably would have mental, you know, issues um, learning developmental problems and things like that is one of the tops in her class. So to that, to those parents out there that have dealt or are going to end up dealing with a situation like this, I hope this show reaches you in time and lets you know there is hope. Things look bleak. Things look, I mean, things look, things are scary as hell, man. But you got to get those things under control because you have to be there for your baby. I spent the majority of the time building up anger. And funny thing, I realized I built up this anger because I thought that God was punishing my daughter because of things that I did in the past. That's 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 how I was thinking. And I just built up all this anger, man. Well, I don't know if there's any I I I think I told everything. I I don't know. I mean, the show went way longer than I thought it was going to go. I thought I would have been done uh, about an hour ago, but you know, it is what it is. Um, like I say, man, I'm I'm just all praises to the most high God that, you know, cause there, there, there are some babies that didn't make it. Some babies had the exact same story and, um, their story didn't end up with a happy ending, but 
all praises that, you know, our daughter made it and our daughter's thriving and, you know, she's celebrating her seventh birthday and it's just, she just, she, she is the life of the party. She, she lights up any room that she walks in. And, and for that, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. And I remember, um, I remember in, in Father's Day, my first Father's Day, because she was home. She came home right before Father's Day. Father's Day was, I want to say like June 19th or June, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, Father's Day was some, somewhere to that effect. And she came home June 12th. And it just so happened that I preached the um the Father's Day message that that Sunday, that Father's Day. And in my closing, I remember telling everybody that I felt like the story of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That we were in the fire. And the name of that message actually was, I see God in the fire. Me and my wife and my little baby girl were in this fire. And as the fire kept getting hotter and hotter, just like those three Hebrew boys... When King Nebuchadnezzar looked in astonishment, he asked the men around him a question. He said, wait a minute. Didn't we put three of them in? And the men replied, yeah, King, we threw three of them in. And the king said, well, how come I see a fourth man in there looking like the son of God? And I remember telling those people in that church that day that you got another man in the fire with you if you put your trust in God. I truly believe that. Regardless of where life take, has taken me and regardless of how I believe now, I still believe in the most high God. And I know that he dispatched his angels in that fire with us as we were going through our trial. So I just hope that um, that this show will serve as some type of encouragement to someone. Um, if you like the show, please, um, please leave a comment. Yeah, send me an email straight talk with Trevor at Gmail dot com. Or, or um, like us on Facebook at um, Straight Talk Society. You know, join that group. I do like behind the scenes videos and things like that. Um, a lot of pick. I I go. I do little lives and things like that before I do shows. You know, so just leave us a comment, man. Let me know how you. Let me know how you like the show, or if you've been through a similar uh, situation, send me a uh, send me a message. Let's talk about it. 
Um, but that's it. So in closing, I'll leave you with these words. Always seek out the truth for yourself. Because if not, you'll fall victim to other people's interpretation of them. Peace. If you can't get enough of Straight Talk with Trevor, be sure to like our Facebook page. You'll get page-only exclusives like links to early shows and behind-the-scenes video footage. You can also participate in polls that might shape future shows. The best thing about our Facebook page is that's where you can get in direct contact with Trevor. You can also leave show topics, reviews, or even request to be a guest on the show. Again, like us on Facebook and thank you for your continued support.